Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Well, we're continuing on in our Galatians series today. I'm really hoping truthfully, that as we have opened up the word here on Sundays, that you've been reading, you've been diligent in reading through Galatians throughout the week. Hopefully you've been going through the chapters. I'm going to have you raise your hand, come up front, and we're going to celebrate you this morning. No, I'm kidding. That's not going to happen at all. But hopefully, hopefully you feel a little prompting to uh, dig into the word. Um, So, Over the last couple weeks, we've heard from a couple of different voices along the way. Pastor Gene spoke in week one, Tyler spoke in week two, Brenda spoke in week three, and honestly, even this morning as I have studied chapter five, it's, there's this resounding theme when it comes to Paul's writing to the Galatians. It's, it's this, to live in freedom. Say that with me, to live in freedom, right? And where I want to go today is towards the end of chapter five, and it's a verse that really stood out to me. As I was first reading through the chapter, um, if you've been hanging around church for a little bit, um, or you've grown up in church, we're going to get to a portion of scripture that might sound familiar to you, but honestly, I just don't, we don't have time this morning to go through each and every part of the fruit of the Spirit, into chapter five, if, you, if that kind of rings the bell to you, chapter five brings us the fruit of the Spirit. And I told Pastor Gene, we should definitely come back to this conversation, Galatians chapter five, and go through the fruit of the Spirit one by one. So if you're looking for a fruit of the Spirit conversation, this is not quite it this morning, okay? Uh, but where I really feel called is, uh, is a verse right after that that I believe Um, really can help us. If you're a note taker this morning, write this down. It's the title of the conversation is to keep in step. Keep in step. If you have your Bibles, let's open up to Galatians chapter five. We're gonna start, we're gonna start in verse 13, okay? So halfway through, I'm gonna do the old school pastor thing. It is page 777 in my Bible. (laughs) Ha! I just thought that was cool because I looked up and it was 777. Anyway, okay, cool. I'm reading from the New International Version, so what's on the screen, what I'm reading may be a little bit different than your Bible. That's okay, that's totally okay. It says this, verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, Paul says, walk walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Verse 18, if you're still following along. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. 
The acts of the flesh are, well, they're quite obvious, Paul says. It's sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Whoo, strong. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Here's the key verse that I really, as I read through chapter five, this is what stuck out to me. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If you're with me here in the building, also I wanna say hi to those online as well. It's great that you are joining us. Hopefully you have your Bibles out and you are tuning along with us this morning. We're grateful that you are watching this and uh, I've got mad love for you. If you're in the building this morning, would you bow your heads with me? Let's go to God, and I believe uh, he's all over this conversation this morning. So, Father, here we are. We're in this place at the corner of 5th and Madison. Lord, we push aside um, all the thoughts in our heads right now of what was this past week and maybe what is upcoming for this week, God, and we wanna focus upon you this morning. Lord, you have come close to us by Jesus, And we can be in relationship with you today. We wanna hear your truth. We wanna let it sink into our hearts so that we walk out of this place, Lord, as a changed people, ready to do your work wherever you take us. Amen and amen, amen. Well, you might know it by now, but the Apostle Paul is the one who writes this book. And I think it's something that's key to remember, and it's been said a couple of times over the, over the Sundays here, that where the Apostle Paul comes to writing this book, rather he's, he's writing a letter to fellow Jesus followers, to fellow Jesus followers in churches in the region of Galatia. And where Paul comes to writing this letter, well, you've heard, he's frustrated. Paul's frustrated because he's heard from these Jewish, no, sorry, non-Jewish followers, these Galatians that they've let a word infiltrate their churches. He's heard that these Jewish followers have come in and have said, no, 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 it's, it's not a relationship with Jesus that makes you right with God. It's obeying the law and all the works. You can actually read of Paul's visit to this area in Acts chapter 13 and 14. So you can imagine he spent time among these people preaching the good news of Jesus. And so here it is, yes, like I said, the Jewish Christians believe that to truly be set apart in God's family, you needed to honor and follow the law that has been handed down. The law was a way of being set 
apart as kind of like God's chosen people if you're following me. Some examples like this would be observing the Sabbath, eating kosher, yes, circumcision, all those things were part of the law. And so for the Galatians, they were these non-Jewish followers and they came to salvation when Paul was in the area, they came into relationship with Jesus and then all of a sudden, these Jewish Christians came in and said, no, 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 you non-Jewish Galatian followers of Jesus. You need to obey the law to truly be a part of God's family, to be in right relationship with God. Well, they would say the Galatians needed to obey what has been handed down to them, which, as you've heard, goes against everything that Jesus had already did for them. And that's, so, that, that's why Paul is frustrated. Pastor Gene spoke in week one, we read it out of chapter one, verse six. He says, I am shocked. I'm shocked that you are turning away from God so soon. The NIV says it this way, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ. And you're turning to this different gospel which Paul says is no real gospel at all. Chapter two, verse 16, Paul says, know that the person is not justified, meaning, that, meaning in like right relationship with God, know that a person is not justified by the law, but by faith in Jesus. It's not all about the dues of the law, but it's what's been done for you through Jesus. That's what Brenda spoke in week three. So Paul, these non-Jewish followers of Jesus, these Galatians, going back to living under law, well, it makes no sense to him. He's frustrated. It's acting like Jesus didn't come and fulfill God's promise. It pushes aside the freedom that comes with Jesus. It pushes aside the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what these Galatians had lost, and so now we come to chapter five, verse one, Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. A literal translation of, of that verse would mean Jesus has liberated you to freedom. And that stands for us today, church. Jesus has liberated us for freedom, to freedom. He goes on in verse two, he says, mark my words, I, Paul. I, Paul, I, Paul, meaning the same Paul who was circumcised on the eighth day, the same Paul who was raised up in part of the tribe of Benjamin, meaning that he was a real Hebrew. He wasn't this Gentile's folk. This guy was a real Hebrew. He was a Pharisee. He was a keeper of the law. Like, he was blameless, quote unquote, in the eyes of the law. So he says, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will have no value to you at all. Whew, same guy who was circumcised now says, no, 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 that's not the way. Now that Jesus has come, verse six says this, for in Christ Jesus, 
neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that has value is faith expressing itself through love. Verse seven, <laughs> he's like, you were running a good race, y'all. I was with you. I saw you from the start. You were believing in Jesus. You were taking steps. You were walking in the spirit. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? What person came in and distracted you or changed the plan that was laid out for you? Paul's saying, what are you doing back in captivity? When I first came to you, you were worshiping Greek gods. You were in that line worshiping Greek gods. Now all of a sudden, friends, you're, you're in another line obeying rules and laws like, am I obeying the Sabbath? Did I eat bacon? Has this meat been circumcised? Circumcised, that ain't right. <laughs> Amen, see you later. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. You talk about circumcision too much, this is what happens. I can tell you I have goosebumps all over my body right now. I am embarrassed. <sighs> yeah. Okay, cool. They're obeying rules, I meant to say. Like, am I eating meat that has been sacrificed to idols? <laughs> there we go. Uh. Have I been circumcised? There it is. <laughs> these Jewish Christians, though, they were telling these Galatians who, like I said, already had a relationship with Jesus to leave their relationship and to go back to rituals, to leave the pure simplicity of trusting Jesus and try on their own to keep up with the law. Paul basically is saying, Christ didn't set you free so that you could go back into captivity. Coming to Jesus and being in relationship with him isn't this prison transfer from here to there. No, 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 no. It's, it's a get out of jail free card. Like Paul saying, hey, you have already arrived at your destination. You have everything you could possibly need. There's nothing more to be gained by going back there. You don't need to go back there. So, start of this chapter, you wanna summarize it, right? Don't get circumcised to make yourself more spiritual. You can laugh, it's okay. We'll just leave it right there. Honestly, though, all the rules that the Galatians were now being told to follow, that's, that's legalism in the name of spirituality. And doing so will only hinder the work of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do inside of each and every one of them, inside of each and every one of us. 
You might hear this and you might say, awesome, okay, Jordan, I know. I'm gonna go out of here. Thanks for the great conversation. I'm gonna go out of here. And if anybody tells me to get circumcised this week, I'm gonna tell them no. And we'll be all be better for it, right? That's what Paul's saying. I wanted to hurry past this portion of scripture. I really wanted to go to the verse 13. But I think this is, after doing more study, I think this uh, God is intending this to be part of our conversation this morning. Here's what I mean. I mean that circumcision is alive and well today. Did I blow your mind? Here's what I mean. We all know, like, duh, right? It is. But in 2022, in our following Jesus expression, in our cultural context, we still very much have ways that we get pushed away from following Jesus to a system. We have ways to where we get pushed away from a relationship with Jesus to rules, to regulations, to rituals. You know the fine print of Christianity. Things you gotta do. Only now it's not circumcision for us. It's the little things that we think we gotta do to try to earn our keep with God. And if that's you this morning, I didn't wanna go past this verse without talking about it. If that's you this morning, let me remind you that none of those things, none of those things will ever cause God to love you any more than what he does right now. God has come close to us. He's given us everything that we need. You need to hear this. The grace that Jesus gives us is absolutely enough, friends. You can't add to it. You can't subtract from it. You don't deserve it. I can't earn it. It's like that old song I grew up singing in my old, old, old church. Anybody, anybody have an old, old, old church? I have that. Jesus paid it all, and it's all to him I owe. And it was his grace that washed me white as snow. He won't love you more on your best day, and he won't love you any worse on your worst. So you have to see this in verse six again. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. All that God is looking for is faith. When we're focused on rules, when we're focused on systems, it's more about our performance, is it not? And we can quickly focus from a relationship with Jesus to how our performance is doing. And our faith then at that point is not in a person anymore. Our faith is not in the Savior. Guess what? Our faith is how well we are doing. It's in our self-discipline, is it not? I wanna tell you that we exist as a community not to promote rules, not to promote systems or processes for you to be made right with God. Sure, all those things are good and great and will lead you to a deeper relationship with him. 
But what we are teaching and what we are about here at Restore is preaching about a person and his name is Jesus and guess what? He changes absolutely everything in your life. It's not about process, it's not about systems because guess what? They can become broken and incomplete and they cannot produce a right relationship with Christ inside of us. God has come close. All the rules, Jesus has fulfilled, the Bible says. They've already been done for you, Jesus says. I've done them for you. And if you believe in me and my grace, his performance now becomes our performance. And guess what? We are free. Look in verse 13 with me. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Come on. Say it with me. We're called to be what? Let me pause. How's that freedom working out for you? In 2022, how is that freedom working out for you? Do you feel free? So if I'm honest, there are times where I don't feel free. Do you feel somewhat captive to the urges and surges and the desires of your physical body? Do you feel shame, guilt from what you've done? Do you, do you feel weary? Do you feel tired? Do you feel worn out? Well, I'd venture to say that some of us might not feel free. Because if you're like me, I feel as though I'm free, yet the goal of, my, of, of being free in what I do, they're at odds with each other. I know I'm forgiven, so I'm just gonna kind of enjoy life however I want it. I'm saved by Jesus. I get to do whatever I want when I want, right? But look what Paul says in verse 13, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Paul, over and over throughout these chapters, has continually told the Galatians, don't let them take their, your freedom. Don't let them take your freedom. But I wanna remind us this morning that there is a fine, fine line to letting the power, uh, to letting your power and freedom be taken away from you and you having your power and freedom and destroying yourself with it. That's what Paul's saying here. Paul recognized the danger of this attitude and he's saying, what you do with your liberty can and will put you back into captivity. You have the power with your freedom to mess yourself up. Because grace can be carried too far. I heard it said long ago that you and I are more dangerous to ourselves than that of the enemy. The enemy can tell you to jump. The enemy can tell you to DM or text that person or go down that road, but only you have the power to actually go through with it. So Paul says, rather, serve one another in love. 
This is the exact pattern that was set by Jesus. Again, we're about Jesus here. We're not about laws. We're not about rituals. Jesus had more liberty than anybody who had ever walked on this earth. Yet, here's what he did with his liberty. Through love, he served one another. Because when we love one another, we'll quickly see in a second that it fulfills the law. We do what we are designed to do because only loving ourselves causes us to do unloving things to one another. For the entire law, all the rules in verse 14, Paul says, the 10 commandments, the 613 laws, all that is fulfilled in this, in this love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15 is basically saying that without love we can act like animals. So Paul says in, in 16, don't miss this part, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Friends, believe me, the answer isn't in legalism. The answer isn't in laws in the name of spirituality. The answer is only in only will ever be in a relationship with Jesus. Because the law and the rules, those are the things that keep us. Apart from God. Those are the things that pull us away. Paul says, this is plain wrong. That only hinders what the Spirit's doing in your life. Simply put, if we, if we walk in the Spirit, instead of trying to live in the law, we will naturally not fulfill the, de the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. It's like they're oil and water. They, they're not compatible with one another, so you're not able to do whatever you wanna do. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. But if you are led by the Spirit, Paul says in verse 18, you are not under the law. If we're led by the Spirit, we have no need for the law. Spirit is gonna guide us past the temptation. And so the Spirit leads us, it's gonna eliminate the need for laws and to spell out how precisely we should walk and follow of what's permissible, what's not permissible. The person who is guided by the love of God inside of us has no need for a commandment against serving other gods. The person who's guided by a love of their neighbor has no need for a commandment to don't murder, to not steal. That's why the law has no power to deal with our sin because the law can tell us what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what we should feel, what we shouldn't feel, what we shouldn't covet, but it actually cannot change our desires. Only walking in the spirit does. How do you know if you're walking in the spirit? Paul in verse 19, he makes it super, super clear. He's like, believe me, you'll know. You'll know and others will know. He says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, meaning uh, focusing on other things other than God. Witchcraft, also you could put there, is manipulating others. That could be a form of witchcraft. Hatred, discord, aka senseless arguments. Have you been a part of one of those? 
jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, these uncontrolled addictions that we have, orgies, wild parties, and Paul says, and the like. Paul says, that, that's not all of them, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if we're not supposed to walk in the flesh, see, the flesh, it results these uh, plurality of works inside of us. God's Holy Spirit, when it's at work inside of us, when we are following him, it produces a singular fruit found in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Paul, he, he shifts his terminology here from works to the flesh to, to the fruit of the Spirit because I believe he's emphasizing what the Spirit produces inside of us isn't under our own effort. When Paul uses the, uh, the Greek word of fruit here, what that refers to is this natural product of a living thing, meaning we shouldn't work at producing fruit in our lives. It's only the supernatural product of the Holy Spirit working inside of us that does that. It's like an apple tree doesn't work at producing apples. The apples are a natural product of life flowing through it. So when we are walking in the Spirit, following the Holy Spirit and his guidance over time, little sprouts of joy and love and peace and patience start popping up in our life. I think it's exactly what, what Jesus meant in John 15, five, where he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Our part in all this is to keep in step, to remain connected. And when we do, these characteristics of Jesus will be evident in our life. We don't need a list of rules all we need to do is to keep in step. Paul says against these things, there's no such law. Those who belong to Jesus have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with his passions and, his, and its desires. Here's a revelation we all need. Sin remains, but it no longer reigns. Sin remains, but it no longer reigns. You may still be around sin, Shoot, you may wanna go off on your coworker tomorrow or the person sitting next to you at the lunch table, students. But because now parts of your life have been brought to life, you can say, you know what? I'm under new management. Sin may have been the boss of me, but I'm under new management now. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step, verse 25 says. Paul's meaning when he says to keep in step, literally, uh, it's, it's to walk in line or be in line with. And the thing about walking, y'all, it's one step at a time, is it not? One step after another. 
Paul could have used any sort of movement or transportation here, any other word except for step. But I think a step is powerful because the longest journey that you, could, you and I could ever take always begins with a single step. Keep in step with the Spirit. So our number one priority as followers of Jesus is to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. As his leading, as he's guiding you, as he's enabling you and empowering you, as his gifting is upon your life, fruit will begin to pop into your life. And when you stay in that mode, there's no sinful desire will be evident in you. I'm gonna wrap up chapter five this way. First and foremost, friends, if you're in here and this might be your first time in church or maybe it's been a while since you've been in church and you're not walking with Jesus, I would love to invite you to, to have a relationship with Jesus this morning, to step into that. That's first and foremost. Just a second, we're gonna sing one more song together and the band will come up and there's gonna be trusted individuals down front here that um, would love to lead you in a, uh, in a prayer of connecting with Jesus this morning. Second call, hopefully it's obvious by now, but what's growing in your life? What's growing in your life? Paul says it's evident when it's the flesh. You may try to suppress it, you may try to hide it, but deep inside you know, and I bet others know as well. Do you see fruit? If you're walking in your desires this time, as verse 24 said, to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. It's time to put to death those things that are pulling you back from God. Make today to the day. That's you here this morning. I would love to, for you to come down front as well and to be prayed over. Let me tell you, there's no condemnation. There's no judgment in that. It's because we have trusted people that wanna come alongside you to encourage you to walk in the spirit. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm reminded that uh, There are resources for us in Jesus to keep in step, to stay connected. So I'm asking God this morning to stir up some faith in this room, to walk by the Spirit, to keep in step, to ask God to bear his fruit inside of you. It's not what you do. You don't pr produce the fruit. Only he does. So God, we come to you this morning knowing that um, we are broken people and we need a savior in our lives. God, I pray for courage in this room. Pray for boldness. 
to step into your spirit. For us to surrender over to you for your leading and guiding upon our lives. And Lord, to know that it's not about checklists because checklists can can just be missing. We can forget the steps, but God, know that it is a true relationship with you. You've already come close to us. Jesus, we love you. That's you this morning any one of those two calls, I encourage you to come down and let's get some things worked out with God this morning. It's okay if you don't have all the answers. Let's take one step this morning and let's follow him. Would you stand with me? Our team's gonna be down front here in a second. Don't miss an opportunity to do some work with God this morning. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.